Section 2 of Lives of the Presidents of the United States in Words of One Syllable. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Lives of the Presidents of the United States in Words of One Syllable by Helen W. Pearson. Chapter 2. John Adams, 1797-1801. to John Adams, our next president was born on a farm in Braintree, Massachusetts, near Boston, in 1735, and was the son of one who tilled the ground for his bread. The first thing John was taught was how to care for the fields and feed and take charge of the beasts on the farm. In the cold months of the year, he was sent to the old schoolhouse nearby to learn to read and write. From the start, he showed signs that there was in him what goes to make up a great man. He went through Harvard College and worked for what he lived on, as he read law for two years or more at a school near Worcester. The pay was poor and not what a young man could live on in our times, but he was glad to get it, as it helped him to reach his aim in life. It had been his first wish to learn how to preach the word of God, but he found he could not put his heart in the creed that was then in use. He went into the bar in 1758, but still lived at home on the farm at Braintree. He is said to have been a man of great mind and bright thoughts, to have had a clear voice, sweet and strong, and his speech was full of grace. He showed then that he was a man who could lead and rule, and his words were sure to move all who heard him speak. When the Stamp Act passed in 1764, he took his first real turn at the laws of the land, and when a mass of folks from his hometown met to talk of this act, he made a speech and sent to those at the head of his state his views on it. He first put his thoughts into print a year from that time, when he brought out a work on law that gained him much praise, if not gold. The same year the men in Boston bade him with the help of two more friends to get up a plea to the head of the state in which they asked that the courts of the law which had been closed should be once more made free to all in three years he moved from his old home to boston where he soon gained a large sum by his work in law which grew each year that he was there he was soon known as one of the most famed in law of his time and his help was asked for when a grave case came up in the courts when the British fired on the mob at Boston in 1770, he took his stand and put the case in a fair way that the folks in their blind rage could not judge with cool minds. From that time, he was the one to whom all the heads of our land looked for aid in the dark days of the war. He showed them on all law points just what it was safe to do and how to put the law in force. Mr. Adams was one of the five men sent from his state to the first congress. He plunged at once in the black stream of the revolution. He had no fears for his own life and was filled with a wish to aid his land in her hour of war. To his friend he said at the time, The die is now cast. I have passed the point from which I may not turn back, sink or swim, live or die, I cannot. It is still my wish to go straight on to the goal of my hopes. In Congress, he held full sway, and at his rule no one dared to raise a voice. 
they knew too well the man with whom they had to deal, and that they were not so strong as he in mind and thought, so they gave way to him. It was not long ere he was raised to the head of the great band of great men, and we are told he proved just as wise and shrewd a man as his friends had hoped. He wrote much for the press in these two years. His works were for the most part on the rights of our land. He was the first man in Congress to ask that George Washington be placed at the head of our troops. He served for still a year more in Congress and had a bill passed which gave the states self-rule and was one of the first to help get up the Declaration of Independence and to sign it. It was his help more than that of those who worked with him that passed it, for there were some men who tried to balk him in it and have the scheme thrown out. Jefferson gave him all the praise for it and said that had it not been for him, the declaration would not have been signed. Two years from this time, he was one to form a new set of laws for his own state of Massachusetts. He was sent to France to get up a law that would leave their ports and those of England free for our goods. He had the luck to have his bill signed, though he had to work hard for it and then came home, where he was met with joy by the friends who had hoped long for the news he brought them. When Washington was made president, Adams was picked out as the best man in all the land as his chief aide in the rule of the states, and when Washington gained the chair for the next term of four years, Adams took the same place once more. In 1796, Mr. Adams was made president as he got the most votes that were cast. Jefferson was the one who ran with him for the place and lost it by but three votes. He was then made vice president. Adams kept all the aides that Washington had and made no change, though some of these did not suit his mind. It was not till three years from that time that he took John Marshall on his staff to look to the laws of the states. When Adams ran once more for the presidency, he lost it by eight votes, and Thomas Jefferson took the chair to rule for four years. From the time that Adams left his place as head of our land, it seemed as if all his old friends turned from him, and that foes new and old seemed to spring up for him on all sides. The law that he had passed to seize and keep out of our states all who came here from strange lands made him foes. Those who had once been stirred by the sound of his voice turned from him. His name had no weight in the land. It could not move the minds of the crowd who once had been proud of him. At his home he wrote a book of his life, but he did not live to write the last of it. His death was at Quincy, Massachusetts, on the 4th of July, 1826, which, strange to say, was the same day that Jefferson went to meet his God. Here, Adams died. He had the good luck to see his son take his place as the head of the land in the chair he had once held. End of section 2. Read by Inkel.